This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is my longtime friend, Mr. Ed Dominion, the CEO and president and founder of D6. How are you, Ed? Hey, I'm good. Good to see you, Corey. Good to see you. Thank you so much for making time. I know how busy you are. I'm I'm excited to go over some of your background. We've known each other for, oh, I don't know, 15 years, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I met you when you occupied a very small space with dozens of 3D printers in Portland, Oregon. And I think you had the most 3D printers in the country at the time, <laughs> way ahead of the game. Yeah. But can you tell us about your background a little bit before we go into the rest? Yeah, yeah. Grew up on a farm in Benton Harbor, St. Joe, Michigan, and six or seven kids, big family. And ultimately, you know, just did the farm hustle, selling produce roadside and just got to make that, that cheddar. Yep. So ultimately left the, the family business when I was 18 to go out to Portland State and just wanted to do my own thing. So left home, two duffel bags, $2,000, the two and two, as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, started in, in value-added processing, the cut, slice, diced in 1999. So now a lot of the convenience items that we we take for granted now that are at a, at a fingertips, but focus primarily with you know Fred Myers and groups like that, QFC, mm-hmm. and really help them build out their programs with uh, two other partners, Mary Ipolani, Robert Ipolani, and then Pacific Coast. Really had a knack for math. And uh, reverse engineering cut sizes and margin sizes to put the plastic around it. And ultimately graduated college, worked every day except for Tuesday and Thursday. (laughs) I went to school Tuesdays and Thursdays, put myself through college, and then ultimately became a, a director when I was 24 at the company and just helped them scale. So it was really a fun experience. And then was back for a meeting at Kroger that changed the trajectory of my life. Didn't even know I liked plastics. Just was in a room at a, at a very high profile retailer and all the big packaging companies were coming through and, and didn't understand like fill size to liquid volume. So knew the math of the process, cut, slice, dice, and adding certain configurations to get a better retail and give them the consumers what they're asking for. And I was talking with these plastics companies and nobody really understood like, well, if I create this tool, it's, you know, 30,000, dollars $200,000, but I could create a 20, 50, $60 million category for the retailer. And there's this disconnect between building tools, taking new items out, and the risks that you know the market wouldn't take. So, kind of long story short, top brass of, of all in the plastic industry, and everybody looked at me like I had 12 heads because I'm like, you need this amount of broccoli, this amount of ranch. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and one little company came to me on a side note uh, called Chicago Metallic in Lake Zurich, Illinois. And uh, long story short, I went out there to completely just visit one of my sisters and get a free trip and dinner out of it. <laughs> and they said, you're not leaving this company unless you're, you're working with us. And uh, we, we made a, a very, very good deal together and ultimately started in packaging with plastics with zero experience besides filling them. And um, ultimately, that company was built and sold. And uh, now it's part of DNW Fine Pack. And then, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So when our equity groups came in about you know, 2000 and 
let's call it 2011, just realize we had different visions for what our companies needed to be and, and what our customers wanted. So um, ultimately, I had a few people come to me and literally said, I hate your company. I love working with you. I said, I hate my company. <laughs> I work with you. And they That's said, a, what an honor. What a, what a respect, full statement. I love that. Yeah. So D6 was born out of necessity and our path, very humble roots in 2014 to now touching 15 to 16% of the world and converting predominantly over, I think, 81% of our materials are from diverted waste. So incredible. Everybody laughed and said it couldn't be done. And our humble roots is a rapid prototyping 3D printing company and then scaling and having phenomenal OEMs that believed in us, customers that believed in us who we're forever grateful for. And, you know, just built this out of duct tape, bubble gum and a few million dollars. But uh, it was a, it's, it's been an incredible ride. I've been honored to watch you just take risks and succeed and occasionally pivot as needed. It's been so much fun to, to see someone who I'm rooting for succeed to an exponential level. And I'm excited to see what D6 does in the future and more importantly, what, what you do in the future, because I think it's, it's going to be even bigger than, than you even thought it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's all been bigger, but you know, I'd love to take credit. We've got people that bleed and love this company and I'm forever grateful because we're actually creating change, right? Yep. We're not marketing change. We're creating change domestically. And, and some of our recycling efforts that we're doing are just, you know, and our partners that work with us, we're forever grateful because it was a true leap of faith. And recycling is littered with bankruptcy, carbon light with the nearest bankruptcy. Our, our stance and our position around recycling is, is absolutely sustainable. It's absolutely doable. The problem is they're, the system of days of old is kind of VHS and we're iTunes. So we're building <laughs> for the future, not copying the past because that's what a lot of people have done. So we tinker, we create, and that's what's needed in this market because nothing exists to actually go 100% tray to tray. And we are on the cutting edge of doing that for our company and for our customers and for society. Well, and not to mention that last year you were the CEO of the year. So congratulations on, on that Good honor. <laughs> when I saw your post, I was like, this is my buddy Ed. I can't believe it. He's, he's crushing it. So Kudos to you, sir. And your team is incredible. I can speak to that personally because I've worked with some of them and all of them top tier people and some of the hardest working folks I've ever met in the packaging industry. But let's talk about your new announcement that you just made the other day about your new recycling system down in Texas. Yeah. So, you know, the joy of this is it's the first of its kind in the world. And, and the stance that we're taking right now is at state and federal, there's, there's some real big initiatives that need to be taken place that are just absolutely above my pay grade and what our company is capable of. But we can team up and, and join with members to, to bring recycling to a profitable and sustainable future. What we are doing with our partners from our retail and, and other brands, there's, there's brands we can throw out there and we can't. Otherwise, check out the article <laughs> and go in the breadth of that. But kiosks have been set up. At retail locations, waste is brought, they scan an app, they count the amount of plastics, we're paying 10 cents a unit, depending on the items, and we're Venmoing the money to either their accounts through a third-party app, and we're monetizing our own waste stream to put a pure one invoice forward, one invoice back closed loop. And we're doing it with multiple partnerships, and 
the first of its kind. So, you know, a lot of people know beverage containers can be recycled. Thermoforms are, are really ignored because there's there's no way to monetize it in the system. And this is our third program that we're doing. One has already been in market and I'd love that brand to step up so we could talk with them and, and bring light of what they're doing at the stores. You know, that's, that's their news to break, but we're a processor of it. And we actually have a MRF up in the Pacific Northwest, Far West Recycling, where yep. we are processing. We are the largest by far processor of thermoforms in the Pacific Northwest, but we're going to start putting some marketing and branding on it. But, you know, these efforts, you know, in, in Portland and California, in Illinois, in El Paso, we're putting a network together with our partners that it, that's viable. And it's, yep. it's, it's there. It's just, you know, like I said, a lot of our competitors have bet on the past around extrusion technologies. And we're making advancements in extrusion and sorting with us and our partners to focus on thermoform clean wash flight to become hopefully carbon negative by 2025 to 2030, which will be the first of its kind of any packaging plastics company in the world. And we're striving every day to hit that goal. Incredible. I, I fend off people daily, I would say about that are talking about how plastic is bad and plastic isn't recycled and it isn't recyclable. And I'm constantly talking about your efforts and Trex and and companies that are doing great things in the world of sustainable packaging and specific with, with plastic. So is this scalable? Is this something that you could take from Texas and, and have a program in each state? Is that, is that feasible? Do you think? We're already doing that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's there it's doable yeah. it's just unfortunately for a lot of the traditional thermoformers that we we all know they're not betting on this stream which you know choices are choices and and understand i mean still helping with recycling we're converting beverage containers we've, we've done that for a while we're just we're trying to evolve you know or we are evolving to go tray to tray i've never made a beverage container in my life i made a lot of trays so we're we're helping create a market. We're helping support a market in good times and in bad. And that and that's what's really important for recycling is the partners that you're dealing with in good times and bad. You have to support recycling because if it collapses within 30 days if you don't yeah. support. It. So it's it's very important to to know that we have you know contracts in place. We're very very big contract company because we're we're betting so much on this. You know. And you have to be all in. We always say you can't swim with half your body in the pool. You're either in or you're. <laughs> And those are the customers we want and, and the ones that are doing that are, are seeing massive benefits from consumer level. And we're just doing the right thing. So it's scalable, it's doable. And, you know, our vision and goal is, is to not abandon this, but just to enhance it and build up the infrastructure that does not exist for the future rather than the past. Incredible. So you'll need, and I want to reiterate that this will all stay in North America. Yeah. And the great thing about it is we do have an international recycling footprint, which is phenomenal. And that's the great thing about dealing with D6. We're not just domestic because that's the thing is not everything is made in the United States food wise. You know, a lot of people don't understand how much seafood and other things come offshore. So we're working with those partners to recycle in the countries that the products are packed and made and then shipped over here to then be able to be recaptured in our stream to put it back through and loop it in product in North America and capturing the stuff from North America. So, you know, that vision and goal has to have a global representation. And we're just thinking through the problem differently than what most people are looking at. We're seeing people retract from international. We're expanding internationally because unfortunately it's food comes from all over the world. So we have to support it, but we can still recycle it domestically and 
And that's where a lot of people are going offshore to get the recycled content. We're doing it in North America with domestic waste. Otherwise, if you don't recycle here, what's the point of you know recycling 90% of your products when only 4% is packed offshore? Yeah. And you're not supporting the recycling stream here. It doesn't, you know, one plus one equals Kentucky. It just doesn't add up. <laughs> that's that's accurate. I know that for sure. <laughs> domestic recycled our pet and domestic recycled TCWF coin term for thermoform clean wash flake. And that's I think that's important to mention that TCWF because food packaging needs to be cleaned after it's touched the hands of a consumer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a filthy stream to go through. You know, it's one of those things that to come down and see a bale from one of our our MRFs, the filth that's on it, to get it to food grade is is a very technical process. And then to see it come off and and have you know high IV, it's it's incredible. So it's it's the technology is there. It's just you know, do you want to buy an extruder for one point one million dollars to two million, or do you want to put a full recycling line at eleven million to twelve million dollars before you ship it? So once before you ship it, wow. you ship it, not infrastructure, not power. And that's the deal is, is, is that's why we will not deal in non-sustainable products. So PET polypropylene aluminum, we, we don't get enough credit for our aluminum business that we do. Which oh, is, wow. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that we have a whole aluminum division that processes, you know, beverage containers, cans, and we make recycled bakery products for the Danish and, and sweet bread markets. That's incredible. I didn't know that. Yeah, it then goes into a hundred percent to eighty to ninety percent, you know, our pet recycled material to go through a freezer space, the first of its kind in the world. So we're we're really blending those two together. Aluminum is actually a phenomenal material to work with and highly recyclable, but it's just cost wise, it it can be a little little difficult. And aluminum gets a lot of credit as the most recycled material in in the packaging space, and I think that's just because of these bottle deposit systems and things like that. Would you agree that helps? A- absolutely. And it, it can be magnetized. So when you're pulling through a waste stream, right. through, you know, and, and to talk on this, you know, composting and what's compostable and what's not, you know, and then there's a lot of things going on in fiber with PFASs and these are forever chemicals. So we hear a lot of people claiming that their fiber does not have these products in it, but if it can repel water, oils, or sauces, it's got a low level of PFASs in it. And that's a really harmful chemical. I and mean, more people need to be educated on it. So, you know, hope, you know, folks do their due diligence and understand that when this stuff seeps into waste streams, it never goes away. It's, and when it enters your body, it never goes away. So it's yeah. like pain in a sense. So it's important just to know what you're dealing with. So, you know, we're, we're trying to operate in, in materials that are, are recyclable on scale, available on scale, and then don't leach into liquids and or waterways, which is a big deal. Well, you're doing amazing things. It's exciting to be a part of this announcement. And thank you for coming on the show to, to tell the audience about it. What's next? We got states here. We got Oregon in, in process. Is that coming on? Is that Oregon? We've been operating for over a year in. So yep. this is like debut to say a little bit around this and, and I'd love to put a, a joint one together with our retailers was, you know, working, we're processing materials through Ridwell as well. Oh, yeah. um, big, big fans of what they're doing and what they're trying to achieve. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a unique space. You know, everybody's trying to figure it out, but collect the waste, we'll buy the waste, we'll use the waste. Just let's do the right thing and not burn or bury it. And, and that's our yep. thesis. 
this whole matter is, is reuse what we have rather than create it from a, a virgin state. Ridwell was on the show and what a, I actually got to visit them, their facility. Taylor, who runs the Portland facility, yeah. is an amazing person. They, to explain it to the audience who has, hasn't heard of Ridwell, they actually will pick up PET and batteries and light bulbs and the waste stream that your local curbside recycler won't take. And they recycle it here domestically as well, which is so exciting. Door-to-door service. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So another little tidbit of information. Yeah. We physically started in that same business park, just oh, yeah. <laughs> two doors down. So that little, that little business park there is kicking out some hella good recycling company. But uh, yeah, our very humble roots of our, our 750 square feet, you know, starting in 2014. It's it's come a long way, but rooting for them. Anybody who's recycling, who's helping with this, you know, beverage, I, I don't mean to just, you know, go yeah. in direction on this, but, you know, recycling is good as a whole. We want to get more of it. It's just, we want to return it from the state that it came to rather than beverage to tray. Yeah. Had a great interview with the Association for Oregon Recyclers, and they were talking about how successful our bottle drop system has been. And we were the true pioneer back in 1971, the first state here in Oregon. So I yeah. think this this is where it should start. And I'm excited that that you went to Portland State like me and yeah. uh, are, are doing amazing things in the world of recycling. Yeah. And, you know, the next one to come up to is down in California, the Senate bill that just passed down there. Yep. I mean, that is that is mental in the sense of how they're going to measure, how they're going to report. And can't wait to see how more, you know, uh, evolves with that with that bill. But yeah, it's going to change a lot of things. So it's you know exciting to see it in Oregon, Washington. We're seeing we're picking up traction in Texas. You know, so a lot of people are paying attention to this and, uh, you know, just excited to, to get more content through the system. You just opened a new facility in Texas and or you're expanding your new facility in Texas. Is that correct? We, we now have six locations. <laughs> Jeez. We're, we're very private. So it's it's, yeah. it's, it's fun to talk about now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got some more major news coming up. But yeah, we, you know, we had an, a phenomenal opportunity to meet with the Texas Enterprise Fund. We were looking to put a very large recycling facility, which we're going to be expanding into and doing and we're already started it. And, you know, Texas really embraced and gave us, you know, some offers that were just well above and beyond what we were seeing in market. So we're, we're now headquarters in Sulphur Springs, Texas, and getting ready for a $27 plus million expansion on 36 acres down there. The largest that we are aware of, largest trade-to-trade recycling facility in the world with capacity reaching a phenomenal number coming up here in the next two years, two and a half years. So it's a big build. We're very excited. But you know, like I said, we got to build the future. We can't copy the past. And unfortunately... It's, it's new concrete, it's new everything, it's new equipment and a tinkering attitude to, to sort because it's a really, you know, I always invite everybody and encourage everybody to go to a recycler. It yeah. is, it's humbling, it's, it's dirty, it's hard, and it's not easy. So we have a tremendous amount of respect for the folks that are doing this and, you know, just want to help amplify. Well, let's do the next episode down in Texas. We'll do it live in person, <laughs> show off some of this new equipment. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some more news coming up by then. But yeah, no, it's I guarantee you ain't never seen anything like this, man. It's it's and we're keeping it really private. Only about four partners have really seen the, the full breadth of what this thing can create and or do. And uh, it's, it's the 
single largest bet I've ever made in my life. <laughs> 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 I have fingers crossed, eyes crossed. You know, we like our odds. Well, I, I see great things for you, sir. And I'm excited to, to be a very, very tiny part of this and let just, we'll spread the word about what you're doing and help you along the way in, in our ways. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and, yeah. you know, I love your leap of faith as well in the podcast. Yeah. I, mean, I, I remember when you first told me about it, yeah. I was like, oh, I can see this, but it's, it's <laughs> those things that evolved and then, you know, you're snowballing and congrats with that. Cause it's, at times, right? It's like, why am I doing this? You know, it's so much easier doing this, you know, the pre-planning on it. So congrats. And I, you. I wish you continued success and, and, and holding that moral compass of what true sustainability is. You, if I recall, you referred to me as the Paris Hilton of sustainable packaging. And <laughs> I, I will take that honor. <laughs> She's an amazing person. If you've ever researched her, she's incredible. I can't take credit for that line, uh, <laughs> you know, but I do like the analogy. Same time, man, just keep it up. And Thank and you. that's where, you know, the compass can't go any way, but true North, like, yep. and that's the exciting thing with this is, is now with the SEC getting involved around, you know, portable right. numbers, it's, it's very important that people take this serious and they actually have some governance around this because it's a slippery right. slope when you can start marketing things the wrong way. Well said, and so true with the advent of extended producer responsibility, scope one, scope two, scope three reporting, these things are going to be by law and people are going to be rushing to make serious changes quickly. I highly recommend along with Ed that you uh, do the jump now and start, start this process today and get into fully recyclable materials as soon as possible. Thank you again, Ed. I appreciate you as a friend and as a partner. Thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this podcast. We truly appreciate you. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and more to come about D6. Thank you, Ed. All right. Take care. Thanks, Greg. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.